Hello and welcome to Move the Line Prop Drop Show, presented by WinBets. I'm Ryan Newton. Joining me as always, uh, partner in crime here at 444.com. It's Connor Allen. What's going on, man? This is uh, our debut episode of the uh, Prop Drop Show. We're actually going to be typically in the season doing this with our buddy uh, Prop Stars, but uh, giving him the night off, we'll start with him in week one. We're going to kind of continue on our preseason stuff that we've been discussing, and we're going to give out a couple of uh, currently bettable props that are still in the marketplace. Yeah, I'm, I'm jacked for this show because we're really going to focus on giving out actionable bets and a couple of ones that we're not trying to ruin the market or anything, but, you know, two to three bets, uh, you know, every every week, our favorite prop bets that come out on Friday, Friday afternoon, and then we're there Friday night giving you our favorite prop bets that are of the early drops because a ton come out Saturday, and I think it's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm really excited to work with UDIs on this, and, like, this is, uh, I mean, this has been like a dream come true, so I'm, I'm jacked to see how this goes. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Like you said, we're just going to, you know, keep it real tight on Fridays when we come when they come out because we know that there is a ton of actionable stuff. We talked about it a little bit on our Wednesday episode. If you have not checked that out, uh, we just wrapped up our divisional preview series, so those are all out there for you to listen to. On Wednesday, Connor and I went back and kind of gave a refresh, uh, considering that now we've had OTAs and some stuff has been bet down. We went back through and said, "Hey, what's still out there today that we can bet on?" Uh, or, you know, that we can look into the future market, whether it's division winners, win totals, things of that nature. So we uh, hit that up on Wednesday. And then in the prop market, we want to be able to get it down quick. Um, it, that's why we're going, trying to really go this route. Um, in addition to some of the written content that we're going to have coming out on the site, typically on Saturday mornings, mo- more times than not. But again, a lot of instances, we got to get the number quick, man. These move so fast and there are subtle differences between, you know, say five to six yards on a rushing prop or all of a sudden, the, you know, the juice moves a ton. Just long term to be able to beat the book, we want to be able to get the best of the number that we can. Um, we focus on that and like look at headlines when we're trying to beat size and totals. That's really hard to do. I think we can beat the prop market, if especially if we're quick. And that's really what the intent of this show in this spot every Friday night moving forward uh, all season long is going to be. So at this stage tonight, Connor and I are going to look at the season long player props that we find valuable. We have an incredible tool that is part of our betting sub over at 444.com. Definitely want to check that out. There are a ton of ways to access that site. Our, I'm sorry, our, our subscription there. You go on the site 444.com slash plans and find out if you I want to pony up for the entire thing, which isn't even that much. It is a sprinkle of some of the other stuff that's out there in the marketplace go ahead price out other sites look at all that we offer and then tell me that you're not getting the best bang for your buck at four for four i don't think you can to be honest um there are some other great sites out there but the value is not even close and um our betting subscription gives you everything on the site tfs season long and we created some incredible tools our boy sam hoppin um sam will have some written content this season on 444.com around player props but his tool leverages John Paulson's rankings and projections, which have been played out for decade plus that are the best in the industry. And we're leveraging John's props, uh, projections, and Sam's tool, and we're going to beat the books this year and crush it. We want you along for the ride. So uh, don't forget to go and check that out. I'm telling you, it is absolutely worth your time. On the Wednesday shows, uh, this coming week for week one, uh, we will have John Daigle of NBC Sports Edge joining us to break down game by game. That's where we're going to get into a little bit more of spreads and totals. Every Wednesday, we're going to be giving out a uh, opportunity 
for you if you go ahead and rate and review the show or comment on YouTube. It gives you the opportunity to enter a drawing to enter in for a free betting subscription on 444.com. So definitely want to check that out. So, all right, Connor, we've been waiting for this, man. We've been talking about this for four years to, to do a prop show and to really have uh, the opportunity to do it. And we, I think we're going to be able to do it as well as we possibly could have dreamed of this year. I'm excited to have Alex uh, at Prop Stars on Twitter on board for this as well. But uh, let's just jump into it. We're going to give you four each. Uh, like I said, four for four. That's all you get. You're going to get four from us. Um, but kick us off. What is your favorite i guess um we're going to kind of go in order of our favorites we like all these there's we we like a million of them there are a bunch that we've already bet i think these are ones that um at least for me these are ones that we haven't talked about anywhere else we haven't written about them i don't think i've shared any of these in discord um but i got out in on these this afternoon and i will share those as well but wanted to save it for this show but uh, kick us off yeah so i'm going to start it off start us off with Kadarius tony under 524 and a half receiving yards uh at this point tony is pretty much the fifth or sixth in terms of pecking order in terms of targets behind kenny galladay sterling shepherd darius slayton saquon barkley uh evan ingram i mean even this season like you're looking at tony at somewhere in that range in terms of where he's going to get targets and i mean this doesn't project to be a great offense either one of the league's worst offensive lines uh, according to our four for four offensive line guy, Justin Edwards is actually going to be the worst offensive line in the NFL. And by all accounts, Tony just having a horrible training camp, missed all of preseason, has yet to participate in a life practice, and is still reportedly dealing with COVID side effects and has struggled to get his stamina up. Literally, all the reports are that he can't even, doesn't even, isn't even close to being in shape, like game shape. And then if you look at the type of player that Tony is, like they were trying to get him the ball, like, you know, at the line of scrimmage and, you know, kind of close to kind of be like a little bit more of a gadgety player. Um, our projections have him closer to like 350 yards. Uh, mm. I think that this is playable, you know, down to like 450 even. And it wouldn't even surprise me if Tony, when he does play, which is going to be the first few snaps, first few uh, weeks of the season is going to be like, you know, 15 snaps, 20 snaps, where he'll see like maybe one to two targets. So that's going to be something in season two that I'm going to be looking at. Like we, if those under over-unders come out and it's even like 35, 40 yards, like I'm, I'm going to be hitting those unders like crazy as well. So yeah, I like the season long under and that's going to be something I'm going to be paying attention to in season as well. Yeah, it looked like muddy waters there with the, you know, they actually coming in seemed like they were going to have some depth at the position, but then they even like Colin Johnson got released from Jacksonville. They scooped him up. Like that was surprising anyway, but I feel like with all that's going on, he seems like more of a plug and play option in that offense for, you know, the Canarias Tony is right now. So they were previewed by me on our Wednesday show. I like the under on that team for all the reasons Connor laid out. Like that offensive line is, is terrible. I couldn't go first without the most on-brand pick for me. Um, it's Michael Pittman over 750 and a half receiving yards. Um, early when this first, when our prop tool first dropped and our early projections came out, I had some beef with Paulson. We were way under on Michael Pittman. Actually, Michael Pittman's receiving yards under was popping as a buy, and. You know, I will give it to the man. He came around over time and realized that this is a true alpha who is going to really ascend this year. We know we see these jumps from, you know, year one into year two. There is really no competition on that team that should worry us. Uh, and now we have this T.Y. Hilton, who's just dusty as can be anyway. T.Y. Hilton's dealing with some, like, degenerate neck injury stuff. Like, he's probably, I mean, if there was anything left in the tank, it's probably long gone here. Oh, yeah. uh, we know Pittman led the league in um, football outsiders, yak plus metric. 
Uh, it's basically a you know yards after completion above average in his rookie year. He wasn't even healthy really at the start of the year. He dominated that uh, target share in the playoff game against Buffalo. No one else had over four targets. Pittman had ten targets. Uh, so Frank Reich really understands. All right, this is the dude we need to to get the ball to. Carson Wentz is a guy that his entire time in Philadelphia showed that he wasn't afraid to force the ball into coverage against with bigger receivers with like Alshon Jeffrey and stuff like that. Cause Pittman's a bigger body guy. He's like a, you know, a more athletic Alshon or, you know, similar to like a, a Mike Williams. But I think he has that yak ability that we love that we've already seen in his rookie year. So um, in home in that fast track, I think that he is going to be a massive, massive piece of that offense and uh, absolutely love Pittman way overexposed in best ball and I'll continue to double down here and uh, and target him. He's a nice little matchup in DFS in week one. Uh, give me Pittman over 750 and a half yards. Yeah. Uh, that's number two for he, you. He, he can, he can take a big leap for sure. I, I like that. So uh, I've, I've warmed you up. I've warmed you up. We got him in our FFPC yeah. draft. It's part of why I like that draft. Now, even though things have gone wonky, I look at the draft board and I'm like, Oh, we got Pittman. We got, we got Pittman. We're all right. I feel good about it. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty concerned that a fight might break out on our Wednesday show with Daigle, uh, with me, you, and Daigle, uh, just based on how that draft went. It's mm. been a, kind of a disaster. Be a long um, <laughs> all right, second bet of the day. Uh, I like Jalen Hurts over 3,700 and a half passing yards. Now that Deshaun, they're basically out of the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Um, we're looking at a, a guy who I think is a little bit underrated at this point in the passer as a passer. Um, you know, his final season at Oklahoma averaged 11.3 yards per attempt, 69.7% completion rate. Uh, as a rookie, Hertz only started and completed three games, but in those games, he passed for over 300 yards in two of them, and then the other one had 167. Uh, but this is all with a non-existent wide receiver in core. Um, there, I mean, you're throwing a Travis Fulgham as his number one target, an offensive line that saw four or five starters missing significant time. So then the Eagles went on to draft Devonta Smith. They get Jalen Rager uh, back, kind of, who's, you know, maybe ascending, I would say, maybe not back. Uh, drafted uh, Landon Dickerson in the second round. So then all of their offensive line returning, uh, a group of, I would say, slightly above average pass catchers at this point with the addition of Devonta Smith. And then now retaining Zach Ertz, retaining Dallas Goddard. Um, and then not to mention, they have a win total of just six and a half. Their defense does not project to be uh, more than above average. So I think they're going to be in a point where, they're going to be in plenty of games with negative game script, and Hertz is going to be throwing the ball, you know, routinely. So his prop is thirty-seven hundred yards for the total season. Total season in a seventeen-game season that equates to two hundred seventeen passing yards per game. Uh, I mean, that's I think that's pretty shy of what you know he should actually be putting up here. Um, like our projections have him closer to nearly fifty more yards per game, and we project him at at over forty-five hundred. So we're looking at like an average of twenty two hundred sixty-five per game. In a 70 game season. So yeah, I like the over there, especially now that we're kind of guaranteed that uh, he's going to be starting there and it's not going to be Watson. I'm a little nervous about the Gardner Minshew stuff. Does that make you nervous at all? Cause I don't feel like, I don't feel like Flacco was a real threat to coming in to take any of the other hurts role, but I feel like maybe Minshew could, I don't know. It, it, I liked it earlier, but I, I've, I've, I've backed off of my, my love for Hertz here. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of into it. I think that it's still a good play. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just don't really see it barring like him, like being catastrophic. That Which they, is in the range of outcomes. It, it is, it is, yeah. it is. But um, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I think I our projections, that, he's, he's way under. I think he's, you know, he's popping in our model for sure. And I liked it when you bet it. I didn't tail it, but I, I, I liked it. So. Yeah, the Minshew thing makes me a little. It just like I said, I don't. I didn't think Flacco was coming in, even if Hertz was horrendous. 
But now, like Minshew's, like if Hertz is done or is, is awful, then they have so much draft capital that we know that they're going to address the position in the draft. That maybe they just go ahead and, and move on and give themselves a better shot to win with Minshew. And um, yeah, who knows? I, I hope Hertz. He's better for fantasy, so I hope he's in there. So um, for me, I'll go with Damian Harris here. Uh, Damian Harris over eight hundred and forty-five and a half rushing yards. I was bullish on Harris pre-Cam Mac Jones stuff, and obviously I think that this is a a massive boom for Harris with Cam out. Um, Not only, again, and obviously in fantasy, he's not going to be cucked at the goal line, but just in general, like Cam is still a massive part of the offense as as a running quarterback, and they love him. Um, Moving on from Sony Michelle, I think, helps support and insulate his role there too. I know Ramondre Stevenson has been – terrific so far in the preseason but again that's been really against secondary guys they've been protecting Harris they even protected Harris down the stretch last year they love him and you don't really hear Belichick talk about running backs in particular like they've talked about Harris in the last year plus and it's one of the best offensive lines in the league it should be a top five offensive line it a lot of returners they went out and added um, some guys in free agency too it's going to be a really good offense and I know that they want to continue to run the ball a lot and I think that that kind of alleviates some of the stuff with Mac Jones I think they want to continue to lean on him so give me Harris 845 and a half seems really light yeah I can get behind that for sure too I, I, especially at this point I think that that's that's really light. like it should probably be closer to like uh you know like a thousand I would say yeah so yeah high nines for sure mm-hmm. what are you next buddy all right, uh, moving on to my actual second prop here. Um, I like Kyle Pitts over 800 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I mean, I've talked about this, I don't know, probably on half of our move the line pods or anytime the Falcons are mentioned, but I don't think the Kyle Pitts should be underestimated. I know that in the betting market, I think that people are properly valuing him, but in the fantasy market, you know, I hear a lot of, you know, oh, rookie tight ends average X or, you know, rookie tight ends don't perform well enough. But I mean, if you kind of focus on what this current situation is, I think that most of that is just like, lacks context and is mostly garbage in my opinion. Um, I mean, Kyle Pitts, highest drafted tight end in NFL history, was the first non-QB off the board in the draft, ran a 4.49 at 6'6", 245 pounds. Now comes into a situation with the Falcons. He's the clear number two target um, behind, with like competing with guys like Russell Gage and Olumide Zacchaeus. Uh, I mean, the more that I go over the Falcons from a team level too, their defense, PFFs, worst secondary, ETRs, 31st ranked pass rush, which is going to put them in a lot of situations to pass the ball a ton. So if you're looking at them throwing the ball 40 plus times a game, like routinely, if Pitts is the clear number two target, how is he not seeing like six to eight targets in those games? Um, and like, if you're putting him in that range with a guy with this kind of talent and the coach of Arthur Smith, the former tight end coach, we saw in the preseason, they did, they already did like a little roll, like play action bootleg where Kyle Pitts is just running out there and lied a lot of open space and showed why he was a top three pick. I mean, literally a guy just like bursted past linebackers like they were nothing. Uh, and so I don't know. I'm a big fan. I think that over 800 and a half receiving yards is very viable. I also bet him to break the tight end rookie receiving record, which you can find over at DraftKings, uh, of 1,076 receiving yards. You can get this at plus 300. I think he finishes with, finishes with 1,100 or 1,200 yards in this, this season and uh, has just like massive, massive potential going forward. Yeah, love it too. I mean, and yeah, I think the call out too is Arthur Smith. Like coaching matters in this league in a big, big way. And Arthur Smith, I think, is a difference maker. Schematically, we've seen – guys like Anthony Ferkser emerge when Jonah Smith is out because he just knows how to utilize play action and motion and set their team up for, uh, for things. And like you said, uh, he's kind of a unicorn talent wise and without Julio with a bad defense, um, 
yeah, I mean, I think Pitts is is absolutely set to to smash. There's there really hasn't been anything like it. So like, I feel like you did a good job calling that out. Like we try to pull all these caps and ceilings and grade him against what's happened historically. When we're like, we really haven't seen anything like this historically. He he's just kind of kind of a freak athlete and should dominate. So like that one quite a bit. Uh, for me, I'm going to go under on Rashad Bateman at 600 and a half receiving yards. I was surprised this is still out there uh, when I saw it in our tool. And then I went over uh, to the book to ensure that it was for putting it out here for you guys. This is out there today. Uh, and Bateman is on the short-term IR. He will miss minimally the first three weeks of the season. He has been basically in and out of training camp the entire time. will be stepping in as a rookie in a pass-first offense and will have missed a ton of time. And, I mean, that's really it. Like, like I can give you a bunch of more analysis. That's, that's it. Like, he's going to miss time to start the year with a leg injury that could reoccur. Um, that's it, man. Like, I don't know why it's still on the board, yeah. but it is, and you should hammer it. I would say the only distinction would be that you need to, and Dan Rivera brought up a good point in the chat here, is that some books, so like FanDuel says that they just have to play one snap the entire season for this account. BetMGM said that must start week one potentially. So that's what he's saying. So that would make sense because then it would okay. just void. It would just void. But I'm not sure, you know, we got to confirm that. But I know that FanDuel, like I bet some Carson Wentz unders, um, and that was like, oh, you just have to play a snap the entire season. So, you know, that that's something similar there where – Think that's that's also viable, um, but I, I do like the call out there. You know, if that if that is the rules, then that's. I mean, Bateman's not going to touch six hundred yards or anywhere close. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting, and that's that's an interesting call out too. Thanks, Dan, because we don't know. Like, there are so many different books out there, and they all have their own different rules. We experienced that. If you bet golf at all, there's a lot of different rules for like dead heat rules and things like that in matchups, and they're all vary. There's no universal anything. So, yeah, I mean, if if it's if he's out for week one and it's dead at week one then it's dead. But if not, you're, you're cashing some uh, pretty, you get your money back. You might as well just hammer it. And then if yeah, it holds your money, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're kicking. Yeah. Uh, all right. What is your, uh, your fourth bet? All right. Last bet here. Um, so we took this actually at 600 receiving yards, but Emmanuel Sanders over 625 and a half receiving yards. Um, it was one of our top plays in our player prop tool for a while. Uh, we haven't projected for 775 receiving yards. Um, his prop is lined 150 yards lower so the Bills lost John Brown. They added Sanders offseason. And I don't think it's like necessarily a one-to-one swap, but I mean, we saw Smokey just end up, you know, fizzling out of Las Vegas already. Um, so I think that that actually speaks, you know, highly to maybe Emmanuel Sanders potentially playing a bigger role right away. And so we're looking at a team there that has Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis. But, you know, the Bills were one of the highest uh, teams in terms of uh, playing four wide receiver sets. Um, and then last year in the seven games that Brown played more than 50% of the snaps, he recorded 386 receiving yards, which is 55 yards per game. Uh, in a 17-game season, Sanders just needs to average 35 yards per game in order to accrue more than this 600 and a half receiving yards. So even if there's a Gabe Davis breakout, like, you know, there's plenty of cushion here for Emmanuel Sanders to get, you know, 650, 700 yards. And if there's not a Gabe Davis breakout, you're looking at Sanders probably closer to like the 800, 900 mark. So especially on this offense that just continues to ascend, Josh Allen continues to own the haters, include myself included. And, uh, you know, just keep getting better. So at this point, you know, and even last year, it was it was time to stop fading Josh Allen and to kind of start get on the train and make some money off of him. So thankfully, I think both of us have made as much money uh, on him as we, you know, lost fading him in any aspect. So I think we're, we're just fine in that department. Yeah, I, I wrote up the AFC East in the, our betting preview over on the site yesterday. 
And the more I dug into it, I'm like, I need to search for some alt overs. And I think I texted mm-hmm. our group that I'm like, I, I want Bill's alt overs because I think they're going to be really good. And uh, yeah, um, we just picked Sanders on our high stakes team. I told you, I, that. <laughs> I, just, I want access to Bill's. Yeah. We, we picked him. Uh, we yeah. want, I want access to Bill's receivers. And like you said, I mean, it, it can happen even if Gabe Davis ends up emerging. But all reports are San- Sanders is in those two receiver sets. But you also said like Arizona was the only team that ran four receivers more than Buffalo did last year. Like they, that's just part of their offense. So if they're even running three receiver sets, it feels like right now that's going to be Sanders with Cole Beasley in the slot uh, as long as he's out there. So yeah, I uh, love this one, even though it's been creeping up. Um, last for me, another guy on our high stakes fantasy team, Rondell Moore, over 550 and a half receiving yards. This one pops is really one of our best values in the prop tool. And um, bullish on this talent. I mean, um, he is a just firecracker with the ball. And it seemed early in the preseason that it seems like they're going to be smart in utilizing him, mixing him in. It could be even some nice low A dot stuff with, which is basically all they do in Arizona anyway. But uh, just getting the ball in his hands, and letting him create. I'm not super worried about a dusty AJ Green. Um, they tend to use anytime they take shots down the field, that tends to be more of what they're doing with Christian Kirk. And even by drafting more early, adding AJ Green, I think that kind of tells us a little bit about what they think of Christian Kirk anyway. So makes me feel really solidified on Rondell Moore's role here. I think this should be closer to maybe the high sixes or even 700 yards, uh, just because his after the catch ability is ginormous. So even though he could have, you know, say, four to five low ADOT targets a week, he can easily accumulate some nice yardage after the catch. So um, bullish on Rondell Moore in a big, big way. You muted, buddy. We, we've talked about uh, we've talked about Rondell Moore before on some of our other pods. Like he was a great, like an outstanding prospect uh, after his freshman season at Purdue. Um, like, you know, potentially like a first round, like top 10 pick um, just because of his yard after catchability. And then obviously he was stuck in just a bum offense, a little bit of injuries, a COVID year kind of like dragged his draft stock down. Now I think that like, this is just like a perfect, perfect fit, you know, with him in, uh, the horizontal raid here. Yeah. And like, even like we saw in the preseason a little bit, just the way that they were feeding him targets, you know, like kind of those, those screens, like bubble screens and just like shorter passes. And then, you know, if he gets going a little bit in the intermediate game, like, I think that it's just, uh, it is wheels up for a guy like Rondo Moore who's legit talented, um, and so, yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of that as well. I think that, you know, you and, and I know Daigle is a big fan of it as well. So I think that it's it's good to hop on the over here and we'll probably be betting some of those props as well in season. Yeah. To your point, like when we, I think you were highlighting that early with the Kadarius Tony on the other side of it, when you kind of have the market set out a, you know, a big picture number to work off of, we'll start to see incremental numbers broken down off of that from a game by game standpoint. And that at least early, should give us some betting opportunities on Rondell Moore where they'll they'll probably set a fairly low week-to-week number until he starts to just blow through it a little bit. So that, that should create some in-season buying opportunities as well. So, For sure. All right. Uh, we want to give you a little taste of the prop tool. Again, behind the paywall uh, under our tools over at 444.com. Um, but just want to give you um, some of what's out there. want to show you what our best in the market is right now that we didn't highlight today and uh, give you an understanding of kind of how you can leverage that out there if you were to get a sub and play around with it. So we have, uh, we're popping again. I- I'm going to be honest, like Paulson, he's a Packers homer. 
but he's he's I don't think it creeps into his process. But we have a really nice number on AJ Dillon here. I can see uh, what the sports book is. It tells you it's really easy down at the bottom. Yards over gives you the line. So out there in the books are around a little over 700 yards. Um, gives you the odds, which are pretty standard there. And our projections are about 200 yards clear of that number, presenting a massive, massive value on the over there, to almost 30% value on an A.J. Dillon uh, prop. So, again, as you can see, as this lays out, it's very, very easy for you to do. You can pick your state. Um, you can select the books if you have a specific book. Um, all the stats that you want to display, you can filter by team. You can filter by name. You can see here easily. And then you can even adjust your own too, depending on if it's an, you know, an offshore. Uh, you could go ahead and get an understanding of what the actual true value is in it. It is an incredible resource and highly, highly recommend taking advantage of this again over as a part of our betting package at 444. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Dylan? I mean, we've talked about Dylan a little bit. Um, you know, we talked about his receiving usage and questioning that, but are you in on Dylan? Do you think that there's something to be said there? Yeah, I think that he showed enough like upside uh, in that game against Tennessee last year, where um, in games where maybe they're salting the game away, or you know, uh, Aaron Jones comes up a little bit like shaked up, or maybe he starts to get used more in the passing game. I think my thing that I think that's most likely is that uh, Aaron Jones soaks up more of the passing work that Jamal Williams uh, left over, and. Uh, Jamal or AJ Dillon um, kind of like takes on more of the early down work that Jamal Williams left. So, you know, like it's that kind of give and take here. So where AJ Dillon winds up with, as you saw, you know, we're projecting for 906 rushing yards. I think that he'll probably be in like that 800 to 900 range just because he is getting, you know, 10 plus carries a game uh, and maybe even more. And if, and if Aaron Jones misses time, I mean, he is going to absolutely explode. Uh, The biggest issue for his, his fantasy usage is receiving, but again, for this prop, that doesn't matter. So. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in on the over here. I think that the floor is fairly high and that the ceiling is like sky high for his rushing. If anything were to happen to Aaron Jones, or even if he's to be banged up, I mean, like what if they go to optimal use, usage here where AJ Dillon is the between the tackles grinder and that Aaron Jones is the getting the space guy, you know, they're like a uh, Alvin Kamara type, you know, um, like duo in terms of just like grinding and with, you know, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara back in the day. So I think that like this, there's a lot of different outcomes here and I really like AJ's floor, AJ Dillon's floor and ceiling here for this one. Love it. Yeah, I like it too. I think there's enough there. I think, like you said, I think it, it works that way. I think Jones is, is terrific, but uh, um, there's enough, uh, I think, meat on the bone for, for both guys to have a nice, nice year. So, and anytime he's that bullish on someone like that, I feel like it should get our attention. And um, yeah, we definitely think it, that tool is going to pay for your betting sub really quickly. And uh, it is absolutely worth it. And uh, we have some more tools that are coming out in the next couple of days as the season gets going. And I think that they are just easy plug and plays and justify you uh, you having to talk to the wife and explain why you uh, spent a little bit of money uh, and that you're going to buy her a nice purse, take her out to a nice meal when the season's over because we're going to uh, take care of it. And if you're a female and you're playing, I'll explain that you can do the same for your husband. You can buy him um, you know, a round of golf or a nice steak, or whatever it is, um, it's equal opportunity. We know that you're out there and grinding props too, ladies. Um, all right, before we let everyone go, Connor, how about some just futures? We talked futures as far on the team level yesterday, but just give us like one or two you know, player-level futures that are out there that have uh, struck your eye that I think are, are worth it. 
Yeah, so I like uh, two right now. One of DraftKings, Mahomes to break the regular season passing record at plus 450. Um, so there's 17 games, and we are projected for 5,546 passing yards. Uh, they, they spent the offseason bolstering the offensive line. Um, so, like, based on our projections, this is closer to, like, 50-50 odds. The passing record is uh, 54-77, and we have projected for 55-46. So, based on our projections, we're looking at that over, um, and it's plus 450. So, if you would put that into our tool, and you can actually do that in our tool, you can manually enter in all that information, put in the odds, put in the, the line, and then talk about the player, um, and it'll tell you that that would actually be the best value on the board uh, significantly based on the odds. So I like that one a lot, and I also like Ryan Fitzpatrick over 3,900 passing yards and Washington football team to make the playoffs at plus 285. So that combination right there, um, we have Fitzmagic projected for 4,450 passing yards, um, and I mean, I think Washington football team wins the division here and potentially makes a case to make the playoffs as well. So at plus 285, I thought that it was a good kind of like prop parlay combo. like it. Yeah, our win bet here has some really – fun and interesting like combination bets that I think are worth your time. If you scroll down um, into their futures app that I think are pretty interesting. They also have some, I think um, division finishes like first and second and picking the exact order. Those are really cool. I think there's some value out there and the futures market. Um, the, it's been juiced up a little bit. We talked about Damian Harris earlier. I think you can still get a 30 to one for him to lead the league in rushing touchdowns, which seems really high and we don't like really talking. I don't think you're going to hear many touchdown props on this show. Um, so it's really hard for me to give you a season long rushing prop number or touchdown number, but uh, you know, Damian Harris, if he is going to have that role again, his concern, if you were worried about him in fantasy is that they have a really clear third down running back with a receiving role in James white. That's really not him. We already talked about him here. He's going to be a first and second down grinder. And it's a great offensive line. I think they want to run the ball and control things. 31 is too high. I think that's worth it. And then there's a couple uh, defensive player of the year uh, guys that I think are worth it. I think at the top, if you're looking at chalk, I think Miles Garrett makes a ton of sense at six and a half to one at Caesars. I'm progressively more bullish on Cleveland. I think just more as I think about some of the concerns I have with Baltimore, I think that Cleveland's going to be really, really good. Garrett was playing awesome last year before he had some of his, you know, COVID stuff that knocked him out. I think that he kind of is a the center piece and, and you know face of that defense. And if they really do ascend, and that is a team that maybe gets into a, a buy or they like threaten that number one seed in the AFC, I think Miles Garrett is a, is very interesting there. A long shot at the at the defensive player of the year position. Um, you can get Jair Alexander at. 80 to one um, at Caesars, which is insane. I, I think, I think he's worthwhile, like 50 or 55 to one, but like Jair Alexander is arguably a top three cornerback. Um, I think that they're, I really like some of the improvements that I think that the Packers are going to have on the defensive side. And it's the same case where he is the best defender on that team. And we do see it. We saw it a couple years ago with uh, Stephon Gilmore. Like it does, it's either sacks or high interception year. Um, and Jair Alexander is a just a, a ball hawk and a, and a baller. And at 81, I think that is a really nice number on Caesars. And again, he's still out there at 50 or higher everywhere else. So I think he is, is worth a little, little, little sprinkle. Little yeah, sprinkle. No, I, I, I like that for sure. That's, that's a good one. You got any more? I got one more if you don't have anything. Yeah, go for it. Um, all right, so there's 
Uh, like, yeah, these these are kind of correlated here. So I put a half unit on Cowboys' highest scoring team in the NFL at 16 to 1 on DraftKings. Um, so last year, I mean, their offensive line is now fully healthy, projects to be like a top three to five unit. Their defense is still more than suspect at this point. Uh, the five games with Dak last year, they scored 17, 40, 31, 38, and 37 points. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm fully in on them to potentially lead the league in scoring. Um, at 16 to one, my only concern would be Dak and that he's not going to be hundred uh, percent for the entire season. But that seemed kind of like, you know, bad reporting. I don't know. I didn't really like the way that that was reported. It's like, okay, well, you know, he's going to be playing. I'm sure he's going to be fine, you know, but like, yeah, yeah. Maybe he's not like, doesn't feel hundred percent the entire time, but who knows how much that really impacts him when he has all these weapons and uh, you know, such a good offensive line. So that's good. The only other one that I really like that I, that I, Wish the number was a little bit better, but it's still pretty high. Tyreek Hill, 12 to 1 to lead the league in receiving yards. Um, we talked about it last year, and it was a slow progression where it was like this gadget receiver that would just have these, not gadget receiver, but like they weren't giving him elite receiver targets. He was getting really efficient with like five to six every week. And last year, all of a sudden, they like just turned the heat up and decided we're going to pepper this guy with nine. 10, 11 targets every week, and he just went off. There's really no, outside of Kelsey, no secondary receiver that we feel really good about there. Um, I have concerns. I don't know that the defense is, is going to be better. Um, they have they have some reclamation projects at the cornerback position that they really need to take steps forward. Otherwise, I think it's probably a worse defense. And if we have an extra game, and we have Mahomes having to play all those games because you have – the Bills and the um, the Browns really pushing them for that first seed in the AFC. I think Tyreek should be shorter than ten to one. So give him give me twelve to one, basically across the board, no matter what book. Yeah, I like that. There are some if you like shop around the books. There's some value I think on those like top ones because there's somewhere like Devonte Adams was like fifteen to one or thirteen to one to lead the league in receiving, which is silly. He was like seven to one in most other spots. So yeah, I like that call out for sure. Yeah. All right, my man. Well, that does it. We will, uh, again, we'll be back next Friday to do the prop show. Don't forget to if you keep subscribing. On Wednesday, we will have our game-by-game breakdown with uh, John Daigle. And then Friday, every Friday, will be Connor, myself, and Alex at PropStars on Twitter. And we'll be doing this uh, every week, just giving you um, the prop show. will be us giving our, our favorite three. Um, in addition, we'll, like Connor said, we'll be firing off ones into the Discord, or pre, a subscriber premium Discord, along with write-ups with by Connor, myself, and Sam Hoppin on 444.com uh, every Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, depending on when, when they come out. So uh, that wraps us up. So for Connor, I'm Ryan. We will see you on Wednesday.